Welcome to the podcast. My name is Bruce Moe of Commonwealth Magazine, and with me today is Michael Jonas, also of Commonwealth Magazine. For years, Partners Healthcare has brought two images to mind. One is overwhelmingly positive, the state's largest employer, an internationally renowned medical center, and one of the leading medical research facilities in the world. The other image is far less flattering. Partners is regarded by many as a monopolistic healthcare center willing to use its market clout to charge excessive prices for care that in many instances is no different from what is available at institutions charging far less. Now a group of medical centers are proposing to band together to take on partners and introduce some price competition into the Massachusetts healthcare world. They include Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center of Boston, Leahy Health of Burlington, New England Baptist Hospital in Boston, Mount Auburn Hospital in Cambridge, and Anna Jakes Hospital in Newburyport. This conglomeration of competitor partners is what everybody has been clamoring for for years. But now that the moment has finally arrived, a lot of people are wondering if it will do what it's supposed to do. Dr. Paul Haddis of Tufts University Medical School wrote a column for Commonwealth this morning that says, I have started to worry that instead of Beth Israel Leahy et al. taking business away from partners, it could quite possibly raise total health care spending by taking net market share away from everyone else but partners. Stuart Altman, the chair of the State Health Policy Commission, said when this merger was first announced, it represents the most significant change in the structure of the Massachusetts healthcare market in more than 20 years, and it will further consolidate our healthcare market into a small number of major systems and a declining number of independent community hospitals. And with us today is Paul Levy, a man of many talents, has held many jobs in his career, For this discussion, he's also the former CEO of Beth Israel Deaconess and an expert on health care policy, has written quite widely about it. He, in in his blog that he used to run, called Partners the state's largest unregulated monopoly. Tell us, Paul, why do you call Partners that? Well, at this point, actually, it's more of a regulated monopoly in that the state has, through legislation, conferred upon partners um, a statutory authority to continue to charge higher than higher rates than the other hospital systems in the state. In other words, it's, it's recognized, in essence, the monopoly power of, of partners. Uh, I think what we have before us, as Stewart suggests and as Paul Haddis suggests, is a very interesting question for the Health Policy Commission and for the Attorney General of the state, which is do you want to encourage further concentration in the Massachusetts healthcare market in the hope of offsetting the power that partners has? So, so in other words, create two titans that'll go head to head. Well, the, the issue is, I think the issue before the Health Policy Commission is whether the proposed merger would in fact help control the rise in healthcare expenditures in Massachusetts. That's the uh, statutory framework within which the HPC and I believe the Attorney General would view this. So one could argue that if you, if you go ahead with this merger, it will put pressure on partners' health system future rate increases. Um, you know, in the long term, keeping rates lower than partners 
would otherwise get. Now, for that to be the case, you have to believe that the new merged organization would, in essence, steal business, business from partners, as opposed to what Paul Haddis says, stealing business from other smaller systems. Is that likely to be effective? Is, is uh, BID Leahy able to steal business from partners? Well, the indication so far from insurance companies that have tried to leave partners out of networks, out of insurance networks, is it doesn't work. People in the state want to have access to Mass General and Brigham and Women, even if they pay more in their insurance for that. So it's unlikely, I think, that it, it would uh, create a price pressure on partners. And didn't we have this sort of well-known story a couple decades ago when it was that Tufts Health Plan made a move to try to take some of the partners' hospitals out of its network, and, and it, was, it proved to be a disaster, basically, for them? Well, it was more the other way around. Tufts Health Plan said to partners, we're not going to pay you what you're asking. And partners right. said, okay, we'll leave. We'll, we'll right. leave. And it took about 72 hours for Tufts Health Plan to, to reverse. reverse. Yeah. Now, what did happen two decades ago in 1996 is the care group system was created to form a bookend to partners. Uh, and that was a merger at the time of Beth Israel Deaconess, Mount Auburn Hospital, New England Baptist Hospital, and several others. That, that merger, I think most people would say, failed to achieve those strategic objectives. Um, and so a question is whether there's something different now that could lead to success in such a merger with a broader group, with Leahy and Anna Jakes and the like. But even if that merger is successful as an operational entity, would it be successful from the point of view of the Health Policy Commission in keeping pressure on partners to keep rates down over time? Now, one way of looking at this is to ask the question of, are there some economies of scale that could be generated by, by the, the currently proposed merger? Some cost savings that could result in, in common information systems and in billing systems and other activities. Maybe some clinical integration between BIDMC and Leahy. Are those economies of scale possible? Well, let's say they are. And let's say you were running the new entity and you were able to achieve cost savings. What would be in your business interest to pass along those savings to consumers? To, to go to Blue Cross and Tufts Health Plan and Harvard Pilgrim and say, you don't need to give us as big a rate increase because we've been able to save money. Now, there are some people who believe that they, that they would pass those savings along if they exist. And there are other people who say, well, if, if those savings exist, they'll just keep them. And in essence, they'll form a duopoly between partners and the new uh, merged organization. I, I, I don't know what the answers are to that, but I imagine if I'm the Health Policy Commission and if I'm the Attorney General, I want to have some answers on that front. So put this in a, a little bit of a perspective for just a regular consumer. Uh, if you, you have the partner system there, and let's say I, I am affiliated with that in the sense that I, my doctor is affiliated with it and I go there for care. This new entity is created, and it's not like other businesses that they put up a big sign and say, you know, save 20% over here, come to us. Um, 
they have to convince people like me that, yeah, it's a better deal or it's something better for me. And I never get that feeling in the healthcare field. Well, the healthcare market really isn't a traditional market. It's, this isn't Walmart saying lower prices all the time. Coming. And, and that's why these big consolidations, I mean, we, we keep thinking, I go to Amazon to, you know, they get uh, an astonishing percentage of my, uh, my, my check when I'm buying things, but that's because their, their prices are so much lower than what I'm seeing in small operations. But people, it's sort of the reverse in the healthcare market. It people seems. overwhelmingly go to hospitals based on the referral from their primary care doctor or a specialist that they visited. There's little in, in this proposal or in the way Partners works today that encourages people to switch from one health system to another. And in fact, to the extent that electronic medical records are introduced that are proprietary so that it's actually difficult to send information about you to another healthcare system, you become, in essence, trapped in the healthcare system in which your primary care doctor is located. Um, so uh, one reason around the country that this kind of corporatization of healthcare has emerged, this kind of trend towards market concentration and mergers has occurred, is to capture people in the system, um, all the way from primary care through secondary and tertiary care. Um, and uh, by capturing people that way, to, to attempt to have market power over insurers, to lord it over those insurers and get better rates. Um, so again, if we go back to the Health Policy Commission in Massachusetts, will they view this proposal as simply an attempt to consolidate market share for the purpose of getting higher rates from insurance companies? Or will the Health Policy Commission view this as a necessary bookend to partners to keep partners from further growth in the marketplace, not by merger, but just by the fact that partners get paid so much more and are able to pay their doctors more for, for identical services, by the way, and maybe the Health Policy Commission will say, we better do this in order to maintain some competition in this marketplace. Is there a, um, uh, okay. um, is there a sort of, I guess, you know, if you have, to, let's say you, it, your, your theory is, is correct, that it's a duopoly, what about everybody else then? What, what happens to them? Well, by the way, that's not my theory. It's, it's something that I think has to be investigated by the Health Policy Commission and the Attorney General. I'm not sure it will turn out to be a duopoly, but they have to consider that. But to the extent you are concerned about that, if I'm Tufts Medical Center or if I'm Boston Medical Center or if I'm one of the other remaining independent hospitals in the region, I would be pretty nervous because the potential for two entities to extract monopoly profits from the insurance companies leaves less money for the others. Frankly, that's the issue that Beth Israel Deaconess and Leahy have been facing all these years, these last 20 years. Partners has extracted hundreds of millions of dollars of money from the healthcare system that is no longer available or that is not available for those other hospital systems. So if you think that this new merger will create 
a partner to partners in the sense of a duopoly and extract further revenues from the insurance premiums that are paid by people in the state. If I'm Tufts or if I'm Boston Medical Center, I'm going to get really nervous. So, I mean, is there, uh, are there examples of how this has played out elsewhere in the country that we can kind of look to to understand, you know, sort of which, which of these scenarios is more likely to play out? And, and it seems like you're sort of suggesting the Health Policy Commission is faced with, you know, doesn't have any great options here in some ways. The Health Policy Commission has to square a circle here. It's, it's, it's a very tough public policy determination that they need to make. And um, if they're wrong, if they end up making the wrong determination, it will have an impact for decades to come. Around the country, there's overwhelming evidence that as market concentration occurs in the provider market, um, costs go up. And it's perfectly understandable as to why that would help happen. What I don't know is how many of those markets face the kind of issue that we're seeing here an already existing dominant provider, uh, greatly dominant provider, uh, order of magnitude bigger than everybody else, who all of a sudden finds itself faced with another very large provider group. And what is the behavior when that occurs? I'm not sure there are many examples of that around the country. I know there's been a big dispute in Pittsburgh for, for many years, but but UPMC has been so dominant compared to the Allegheny system that it's, it's been more like the partners BID, MC, Tufts relationship in the past. Here you've got BID, MC, Leahy, uh, New England Baptist, and the like, which combined would be rather large. Uh, still not as large as partners, I believe, in terms of the number of referring doctors who would refer into those medical centers but pretty big. Um, and it would be interesting if I were on the H Health Policy Commission, I would certainly want to contact national experts on this and see what the experience has, has been elsewhere before, before I make a final decision. But the, the likelihood, it seems to me, for any like the policy commission looking at this issue, it's never going to be, okay, we put in all these numbers and outcomes yes, it's a duopoly, or no, it's going to take market share away from partners. It'll probably be, hmm, you know, it's a little hard to tell. It's a little bit of this. So is it possible that they'll end up saying, okay, the merger should go ahead, but we're going to put or suggest some conditions on it? Well, that that is a very good point, which is if you're not sure which way it's going to go and you take a leap of faith, that the new merged organization has the potential to deliver health care at a lower cost. Um, perhaps there's some set of conditions or enforcement mechanism that you could add to the deal or suggest to the deal um, that would hold over the, over the coming years. Maybe some agreement, for example, that the rates they uh, obtained from the insurance companies could not grow faster than the overall rate of inflation in the economy um, uh, or, or such things. Now, the, the problem with that is there's a state law that already exists that says something like that. And the problem with that kind of state law is that partners, which started off with rates so much higher than everybody else, don't have to get as big a price increase to stay ahead of the pack. 
Um, so if you want to put a condition on it, you want to make sure that the condition does not disadvantage this merged organization relative to what partners can do. So this this it's almost like it's almost like the income inequality argument is everybody kind of continuing to gain or is there some compression of the gap between the the entities, right? That's right. That that's the issue. Now, I, I mean the real mistake that was made by the state was the mistake that was made 20 years ago to allow partners to gain the market share that it gained and then recent state legislation that codified that. So the HPC and the AG have to deal with that reality. And what what about Maura Healy in this? Um, you've she's been pretty aggressive in, in criticizing the the uh, partners and in taking a, a stance against its its proposal to expand right. or its proposals to expand. Uh, how do you see her coming down on this? I, I don't know. Um, I think uh, the Attorney General. Um, who, by the way, has some excellent staff, some very good people who can analyze this kind of thing and who can benefit from a thorough analysis by the Health Policy Commission, faces the very same issues. Do I want to take the chance by, that by creating a new big entity, there's the potential for real price competition in the state, or do I risk in so approving that creating a duopoly, creating a situation in which the two behemoths just kind of get along. I remember an old Art Buckwald column about the Washington to New York shuttle when, when it was Pan Am and Eastern or whatever two airlines. And he calls up Pan Am and he says, why did you guys just raise your price? And they said, well, Eastern just raised their price. And he said, I thought competition was supposed to lower prices. And the person at the end of the phone laughed and said, no, no, no. Competition allows both of us to raise our prices. <laughs> so um, I'm a little curious, though. Um, there is a, a, um, a push in the healthcare industry, it seems, to get bigger, to sort of, as you um, sort of incent health systems to treat a patient within certain parameters to, you know, um, keep their rate. Uh, what's, the, what's the phrase I'm, I'm looking for here? It's the, um, the accountable care. The accountable and, care organization. Right. You call it capitation, right? <laughs> exactly. So, but, but there's a, there's a, a need for some, econ uh, some, some grand scale to do that, to try and control all the aspects of the price factors that go into that, I, I would think. Well, there's an argument that you have to be of a certain size in order to achieve the size of a risk pool of your population to be successful in what's called population health or pricing under an accountable care organization. Uh, Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center is already big enough on its own to achieve those economies and to manage patient care. Do you achieve more of that by bringing in Leahy and, and, and the like will be a question that the HPC, I think, would want to answer. The, the other question that arises in all of this is, do you need to have everybody in the same corporation to achieve those uh, case management right. objectives? Or can you just have a strategic alliance among the various constituencies uh, or constituents to, to make that happen? You know, when, when, when Maura Healy 
came out against the acquisition of South Shore Hospital by partners and a couple of the North Shore hospitals by partners. I understand why she did that. That was an important signal to send. But those folks already had clinical relationships. The merger wasn't essential for influencing the flow of patients between South Shore Hospital and Brigham and Women's Hospital. That happened, that's been happening for years. What it did allow was, uh, what it would have allowed is a, an outflow of capital from the partner system to enhance the, 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 the plant and equipment of South Shore Hospital would have created a common bottom line, a common uh, business unit, and that results in a different kind of behavior. So a question in all of these mergers is, do, do you actually need a common body corporate to achieve the objectives, or can you achieve them by just getting along, sharing information about patients, making information systems um, uh, interoperable among, among the hospitals and the like? I think all those are the kinds of questions the HPC is going to want to look at. And these are tough questions right now. I, I, I feel for them. I understand the difficulty of what they're doing. Um, and um, I understand the tendency of the systems around the country to want to get bigger, control more market share, have a bigger risk pool, wanting to lord it over the insurance companies a bit more. Those are all natural corporate responses. Whether they're consistent with public needs is another issue. And one last question. Why can't insurance companies just sort of suck it up and say no? I remember a discussion I had with several people at Blue Cross many years ago in which they said, we can't withstand the market power of partners. We have to give them what they want. Now, Blue Cross has more subscribers than all the other insurers in Massachusetts combined. I think they misjudged their own market power. I think they could have pushed back on partners many years ago and that they chose not to. They chose to get along, basically, go along to get along. Um, and so in my view, the, the, the opportunity to have done that was missed by Blue Cross in particular. Now, Tufts Health Plan and Harvard Pilgrim did not have sufficient market power to stand up to, to partners, but Blue Cross did. Maybe, can I throw in one last, yeah, a last, last question, and that is, um, I mean, one name we haven't raised in this conversation so far is Charlie Baker. So he's the governor, and he's a guy with deep experience in, in, in health care, both in state government and, and outside of it uh, at, at Harvard Pilgrim. Um, I mean, how do you think he views this? Are, should, will he have something to say about it? Should he have something to say about it? I, I've wondered about where the governor is on these issues uh, for some time. When he was head of Harvard Pilgrim, he faced them directly. He was very upset at the market power the partners had at that time. My sense is, since becoming governor, he's focused more on other issues concerning uh, the design of Medicaid and, and the like, where I'm guessing he thinks he can have more influence. And he probably looks at this and he says, well, there's a health policy commission that has jurisdictional authority. I'm going to let them do what they're supposed to do. The attorney general has antitrust authority. Let's leave it in her hands. And I think that's his plan. Paul Levy, thank you very much for joining us today. And to all our listeners, please join us next week on the podcast. 
and subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud. Thanks for joining us.